last season on Just Go in the City. A Just Go in the City drinking game. I've had like three months to try and get a date. What kind of person would make somebody work on Super Bowl Sunday? Chair, I want you to become a good driver up in the sky complaining about not getting his drinks in a proper manner. It's Just Kadam. We all know most of my girlfriends end up either dead or in a mental institution. I don't want any ice. I want olives. You may fold under questioning, Henry. Ha-cha! Just got in the city. Everybody's here looking good and pretty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Trying to make things looking bright and chippy. All around, people seem crazy. Walking around trying not to be lazy. But at night it's a different place Making it work in your own space Come on, come on and dance all night I'm here each week, it'll be alright Cause it's just Gow in the city Cause it's just Gow in the city Cause it's just Gow in the city Hello everybody and welcome to another season of Just Gow in the city Oh my goodness, you know, I didn't even check to see when we first started this podcast. I'm going to just say eight years maybe, and it must have started on this particular day because it started as a football gambling show and slash TV show. All the stuff I still like to do eight or nine years later, whatever it is, I got to take a look. I mean, it's really easy to check. I just didn't do it before I started, and then I said... What am I doing? Who gives a crap? We'll figure it out later. It doesn't matter. What are we wasting time for? Every time I come in to do the podcast to my bedroom, I close the door. I'm all ready to go. And then I always forget something, whether it's my notebook, whether it's the coffee. I mean, every single time I'm like, all right, I'm ready. I always forget something. Drives me crazy. But that's just me, right? That's just Gow in the city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I hope everybody had an absolutely lovely Labor Day weekend and are ready to get into it, ready to get into the fall, best time of the year. I'm going to say everywhere, but especially if you want to live in New York City or on the East Coast, the best time of the year, the fall, the, the beautifulness, the weather's already perfect as of September 1st. I mean, absolutely perfect. You know, the perfection like it was on September 11, 2001. The most perfect day ever. Ruined by a bunch of jerk-offs who just don't get it. Who can't be happy. Who are very jealous and angry. Which makes me think sometimes, am I a terrorist? But I don't have those kind of... Well, I have those kind of things. I, you know, I want to kill a bunch of people. But I don't because I'm normal. And when I say normal, I mean I'm crazy. But obviously... Those people are like, you know, another level of crazy. So that's the that's the thing. I mean, they don't even know. They're so crazy. They're so crazy. I'm talking about the Taliban and people like that. They're so crazy. They think when they go to heaven, there's going to be all those virgins for them. Remember, we talk about that all the time. It's going to be all those virgins. They want virgins. I, I, how many times are I going to talk about this? Who the fuck wants virgin? Who wants, what is it, 73? You get 73? Th- that would be like the worst incentive to 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 suicide bomb oh there's 73 virgins no no wait whoa, whoa you you said it was just 73 hot chicks you're just saying virgins now that i have the mission yeah it's vir- why would you want virgins why would you you maybe want one virgin i mean how many times i gotta say this who wants to go down doing all that just for 73 virgins that's uncomfortable 
there's crying involved. There's a lot of blood. It's it's really awful. I mean, you know, if you if you want to, you know, if, if if they gave you the incentive of like seventy five super hot chicks, I, I mean, maybe there's something there. But that's a really bad reason to uh, do what you're doing, fellas. Why don't you, and I say fellas because it's all fellas. That's not even being sexist because they're idiots. Because the way, you know, they hate women. They hate men. They hate everybody. Hey, great way to start off the podcast, but, you know, September 11th is coming up. You can't stop thinking about it because, again, the most perfect day. When I look out the sky, I see blue sky. Unfortunately, now that's what I think about 20 or so years later. But anyway, that all being said, it really is perfect weather. It's just going to get better and better as the fall goes. I'll be able to wear a jacket finally and put stuff in pockets, which is really the best reason for the fall. You got to love the chillier weather so you can wear a jacket so you have places to put stuff. You know, if you're not a girl and you don't carry a pocketbook, oh, my God, it's so important to have a jacket. It's so convenient. I hate carrying everything in my pockets. It's such a nightmare. I mean, now that I work, you know, I have a backpack, but I hate carrying that, too. And I stopped taking it home all the time. You know, they were making me take my computer back every day, and I'm like, I'm putting a stop to that. Just assume I'm showing up tomorrow. They're like, well, what if there's a snowstorm? I'm like, it's the middle of August. There ain't going to be a snowstorm. I'll be here tomorrow. Meanwhile, I came home uh, on Monday. Apparently, I got like really dehydrated, I guess. I mean, and why wouldn't I? I I just stopped doing the walk in this extreme heat. It was like insane. Uh, You know, I walk always two miles. I go to the bar and then I drink. That's not the appropriate way to exercise, obviously. But also in that weather, I was getting a massive headache. And then when I came home on Tuesday... I was like out of it. Like I just, I was dizzy and it was very clear I was dehydrated. That was the issue. But I was laughing at myself because I didn't bring my computer home because I'm like, oh, it'd be funny if I had to call in sick tomorrow when I was making a big stink that there's no way I'm going to call in sick. I never call in sick. But now that I'm not taking the computer home, I'm I'm stressing myself out that I'm going to get sick or whatever. But if I call in sick, then I call in sick. But the thing is when you're sick and you can work from home, then you really don't have to call in sick anymore. That's the thing. What the uh, what these companies that are asking people to come in five days a week don't seem to get is that with, uh, you know, being able to work from home, uh, why would you have to call in sick anymore? There should be no indication that you have to call in sick. You should be able to work as long as you can work from home and you can just kind of, you know, stay rested and not have to commute. It seems like you could work through sickness. I mean, unless you're ridiculously sick. But even if you were like throwing up every 10 minutes, it still seems like you could work from home. I I, I don't know. Well, that's my theory. So I never call in sick anyway, so it doesn't make a difference. But, uh, yeah, I'm trying to get this down to two days a week. It's really awful. Three days a week, I mean, that's insane. Meanwhile, you know, this, what is it, Goldman Sachs, they're asking everybody to come in five days a week. I don't think that's a thing anymore, do you? I mean, I don't think, I don't think you can, can they, I know they can ask you to come in, but nobody wants to come in five days a week anymore. It's over. There's no reason to. And you really, I mean, the only reason they're asking people to come in is because they've already rented these unbelievably expensive buildings. So, and they all have 20-year leases. That's the issue. That is the issue. If they all downsize and move to a less expensive building, then they're not going to care if people come in two or three days a week. They really all should, Goldman Sachs should just get a WeWork space and work out of that, and it'll make everybody happy because everybody seems to be just as productive working from home, which, you know, something we couldn't fathom years ago. 
but it is amazing. You're just as productive at home. You can, you know, go on Zoom chats or whatever and meet. Now, I believe that people should be in the office at some point. You know, I think you have to, you know, have a meeting and have human interaction every once in a while. And, you know, you maybe you want to take a client out for lunch or something sooner or later. But five days a week is uh, it's just not necessary anymore. I mean, it is weird. I mean, I think that uh, all of us never could have ever thought that any of this could happen. You know, it's weird being somebody like my age, right? Because I feel like at this point, my age group, uh, somebody in their 50s, has really seen it all <laughs> in the sense of uh, not the way our parents did. Our parents saw nothing. You know, if you think about it, you know, our parents, our grandparents, when they would tell us, oh, World War, I mean, that's awful, right? And they're like, oh, we used to have bomb scares and stuff, but they never really, they always had scares. And now this is all legitimately happening. I mean, we saw stuff in our lifetime that it's like a vampire, uh, you know, living 100 years and seeing stuff. I mean, I feel like I'm already 100 years old and I've seen the invention of the steam engine and the electricity all happening at once. I mean, really, we we were all, I said, if you're my age, we're part of the old school, the way things were, where everything was the standard from maybe the 1940s to the 2000s. Like, everything was the same. So if our parents were born in the 40s, they just saw the same stuff happening. You worked five days a week, you came home, you had a family uh, this is just the way it worked, and and everybody just did what they were told, and that's the thing. And then come September 11th, I swear to God, on September 11, 2001, like just everything changed. Everything changed, right? Then like all this is a, a war, uh, you know, all these bombs. They bombed the U.S. for the first time, right? That's not like Pearl Harbor shit where they bomb it 6,000 miles away. This is like for real. And and then and then and then all these weather-related incidents, you know, like hurricanes that, that the likes of our parents had never seen before. They're not even reported anywhere uh, in, in history except for Noah's Ark shit, you know, like biblical shit happened right after September 11th, right? As, that, as if that's not biblical shit that happened. And then a, a worldwide pandemic, which, yes, people saw in the 20s, but they didn't see them all combined into one like generation of kids that were born in 2000 that are like, oh my God. So we got to see the the back end of the way things used to be and now the new norm, which is really insane. I mean, as a history person, as a person that you know was a history major and I like history and I like to go back to the 1700s and I think about things like that and let alone, you know, the way I feel about television and the fact that like I used to sit in junior high when there were talking about what people would do at night and i'm like oh my god what a nightmare that was only 70s television where there were only four channels i mean this is uh, it's a dream come true my i'm living my dream 24-hour television watch whatever you want when you want oh it's a dream scenario for somebody like dave jesco and jesco of the city i'll tell you what else has changed too so this show was always about the the new the new network's fall season starting on TV and it was always about that and then you know people were like you're still just talking about network shows I mean I don't even watch network shows anymore so it just took me a longer time than everybody else but 
my favorite thing to do. As you know, even we did it last year. I go through the TV guide. I check all the fall stuff and the new stuff coming up. It's like my favorite thing to do. I can't even find a place that sells magazines anymore. I, I'm, I'm panicking because I, if, I got to get that fall preview of the TV guide. It's like my favorite thing, even in this day and age. And there's no magazine shops. Like this, the place I go to get the New York Post every day and a lotto ticket right next door has a couple of magazines, but they don't have the selection anymore. I mean, basically, I have to go to Barnes & Noble, and they closed that one by my house, and there's one by my old job, which, of course, I don't want to go to. And I could have gone to one in Jersey yesterday, but it was just too far. I don't feel like going to the mall, and sometimes I'm all in about going to the mall. But, I mean, I, I, I can't find a magazine shop anymore because well, nobody reads magazines anymore, you know, except at the airport where I, that's where I get my magazines. I mean, I'm the last person that reads the New York Post or an actual physical newspaper anymore anyway. But, geez, it's uh, really, I mean, if we're talking about change and everything's changing, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a change. I mean, who you know, who's buying TV Guide anymore? I mean, just me. I only I buy it once a year. I can't believe they still put it out at all. I mean, it's but you kind of need it, though. There's so much on. And if it's a cohesive cover of what's on, I mean, it's it's not a bad thing. Please. Now I uh, also watch, uh, you know, I got my uh, Amazon Fire Stick. So I've been watching all this British stuff, the Channel 4 over there, which I love. And they have that show. And I told you about it about last year, I guess called countdown it's so smart it's so we think jeopardy people are smart these people are idiots you got to see this countdown show it's unbelievable like i said that super hot girl that does math wow it's such an unbelievable show it's really just made for intelligent people and uh it's so much different than jeopardy where you know if you know trivia that's pretty good but dave Juskow knows trivia i'm not going to know about numbers and word jumbles that's going to be difficult but I love watching that. I just like, I even watch, like, that's why I like watching the commercials on it because they have such pleasant voices to listen to. And coming up on UK for this week, a, f a new episode of Friends, as this time Ross gets serious with Rachel. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's the best. <laughs> I, wish, I wish all of our announcers just spoke in that accent. Or maybe I should just move to London. But everybody that's lived there says it's horrible to live there. Obviously, a nice place to visit. When meanwhile, my friend Jim Kick, who's, uh, been in my uh, football pool for years and used to work for Obama. Uh, he's in London, just ran into Jeff Ross, who's opening for Chappelle there. And then him and David Tell have to go to some island where they're doing some show that they're both miserable about doing. Not because they're miserable about doing it or working together. It has nothing to do with that. They're just like, it's just a break in the schedule there where their schedules were in, you know, like Jeff was on tour with Chappelle and he had to break it up. Uh, to do this, which is fine, you know what I'm saying? But he was like, I, I don't know, at this point, I think working with Chappelle is a better deal. It really has nothing to do with the tell again. It's just, it was just the mix up in the schedule. So they're on some sort of island. I don't really understand. I, I don't know where the island is. I don't know what it is. And I don't know how it was formed. But whatever the case may be, I think it's coming up on like the ninth or something like that. Attell's been trying to call me for like a week. And I've just been turning my phone off at night. Not, well, mostly because him. I mean, not in a bad way. I just can't be woken up because I my sleep schedule is so messed up. So messed up with these this waking up early stuff and the, the panic of waking up early and all this kind of stuff that, you know, when I finally do go to sleep, I, I just got to gotta make sure that I am sleeping and not woken up at three in the morning by the phone call, even though I want to talk to him. I mean, I'm upset. I haven't gotten to talk to him in a long time.
and it's not cool. And I don't know what the hell I'm going to do anyway. Meanwhile, I just want to say that just before I left, I was like, why am I continuing to do the podcast? I don't even know anymore. I don't know who's listening. I don't know what's going on. And I got a lovely Instagram from a listener named Kate who was very nice and said, listen, you know, I never uh, talk or never, I'm not a subscriber or anything, but I love the show. And you know what? That made me very happy. And thank you, Kate, for for sending that message because you know that just sometimes that little uh, thing that somebody else is listening is uh, important to know if that somebody's out there and, and gives a crap. Because I'll tell you, and, and I appreciate you also liking the New York City. You know, I, I guess people, I like to branch out to the people that don't live in New York City. Of course, I mean, I've told all my friends not to listen. I mean, at this point, my friend Lee and I still aren't talking. It's like so bad. And I'm just so angry. I'm like, who cares at this? I'm like, I told everybody not. Why are my friends listening? You know, my friend, my other friend Lee was listening the other day. I'm like, stop listening because I'm just going to badmouth you next, which I'm going to do today. In fact, why don't I just start off what happened last Wednesday when I went to this guy. This is my friend Lee and Alan. They're homosexuals. <laughs> Can't get enough of that. And they, you know, they this guy's opening the speakeasy over the my chicken place that the Korean chicken place that I like in Queens. He's been building it for a long time. He's like, oh, we're gonna open, we're gonna open. I'm like, I don't believe you. You're never gonna open. But he's like, no, we're gonna do. It. So I came by last Wednesday, and I'm like, boy, this is fantastic. And I got pictures, and it looks great. I mean, he really did a great job with it, right? And it was a real fun time. And I'm like, boy, this could be really cool. He made the bathrooms nicer. That's a big deal. He made where you walk in to get there really cool. It, it is really exactly what he envisioned. And it could be a good time. So they're like, oh, if you could just invite people here. I'm like, my pleasure. So I invited my friend Caitlin and my friend Kay. I said, next Wednesday, let's all go here. And I'll just come every Wednesday right out of work. It was uh, pretty easy from my office to get there. And I'll just show up there every Wednesday. If uh, You know, sounds great because it was fun. I had a couple of drinks. I had some. They have crazy beer there. They had one that was more of a cider, which was disgusting. Again, I got pictures. And then, of course, I had the wings, you know, which the drumsticks. Oh, my God. And, and they're just as good as advertised every time. I'm like, oh, my God, this is good. I tried not to overdo it. I didn't have the bukkake, whatever the hell that shit is, that dish is called. But it, oh my God, it was good. And I left there feeling good. I wasn't too full. I wasn't too drunk. I, I was like, I could do this every Wednesday. You know, this is kind of fun or every other Wednesday, whatever it is. And I would definitely bring people. I was texting people. I'm like, you got to come. It's really great here. And then I go, well, and then I go, the next day I go to, to take my um, nephew to college and I get a call from Lee and he goes, oh, um, I woke up sick this morning. I may have COVID. And I'm like, you dick. I was furious. I'm like, what? You son of a bitch. I mean, I was livid. And why do you ask? Why? I mean, you know, what are you going to do? I, I, you know, I mean, there were three of us in that place. So I, how he got COVID, I don't know, but I'm doing the math now. And I'm trying to figure it out. And I said, you, you know, you're an asshole for making me go there and telling me I'm going to bring people. You can go fuck yourself. And mostly because, and this is the reason, I'm not angry that he got COVID. People catch COVID. I'm not going to get angry at somebody. But I, here's why I'm angry. Because Alan, my friend from college, has been terrified of COVID from day one. 
They're like, oh, we're not going out. We're not doing this. Uh, we're staying, you know, we're very, very worried about COVID. Alan's got a bad case of it, whatever. He had, a, you know, his breathing issue. All this shit, all this two-faced bullshit that I've been putting up with, but I understand Alan and he's been that way since I met him in 1983. And then I find out Alan's had COVID three fucking times. And I'm like, how is somebody who's not going out getting COVID three fucking times? Well, apparently they have been going to gay clubs. I don't know when, every week, every day, who the hell knows? And now he's got COVID three times. He's like, oh, we're afraid of COVID. We're afraid of COVID. But apparently they're not afraid of COVID because they're going out and entertaining themselves, whatever the fuck they're doing, and getting COVID three times. And that's why I'm pissed. I'm like, you're telling me Alan has COVID three times and you want to have people come to your bar. You guys aren't ready. You're not, you know, fuck you. I'm, I was furious when I heard this. Uh, you, how do you get COVID three times? I mean, who has COVID three times unless you're doing something? And I, again, I don't care if you're one of those people who are like, we don't give a shit about COVID, but they give a shit about COVID and that's why it bothered me. So where was Lee that he invited me to go. I don't know whether he's at a gay club or whatever. I, I, I don't care whether they're going to a club. That's the point. And they keep getting COVID from it. So if you know you keep getting COVID from going to these clubs, then don't invite people to your fucking bar where I actually... So they had another guy there. They had one other guy there. He was nothing but lovely. And he's like, taste my drink because Lee makes really good drinks. He's trying to make different kind of drinks for people, right? So I was going out of my wheelhouse and getting regular drinks instead of just beer because I wanted to try them. And he wanted me to try them. He's like, I need you to try some other drinks for me. I think he made me a lemon drop drink. It was very good. But, you know, you can't have more than two of those or whatever. And then I would switch over to beer. But anyway, there was a guy there and he was like, try my drink. And I'm like, should I try his drink? Because, I mean, during COVID times, do I actually take a sip of this guy's drink? And I took a sip of his drink and I'm like trying to, pretend like everything's okay with taking a sip of somebody's drink. Uh, it's not 1984, so the fact that he's gay shouldn't make a difference. <laughs> something I used to think of. But then I'm thinking of just COVID purposes, right? Uh, but I'm like, he's a nice guy. It seems okay. But that, the, So then when he tells me he might have COVID, I'm like, oh, my God, I took a sip of that guy's drink, which I didn't want to do. And now you motherfuckers might have given me COVID. Now, of course, I didn't have it. I have no ill feelings. Everything is fine. But I was pissed because I felt I had been duped. And he's like, bring people here. And I'm like, I'm never bringing people there. Or there's going to be a definite grace period because I'm pissed. I'm pissed that this guy has had COVID three times. And, and it's just the two-faced of it that gets me upset. I, a lot of people catch COVID because they're just their immune system stink. But you're obviously your immune system stinks. You're telling us you're all afraid of it. You don't want to see me for two years. You can't even go out for dinner because you're afraid of COVID. But you're going to these clubs and you're catching COVID and you're spreading it everywhere else. It's goddamn selfish and it pisses me off. And this is Lee who was just listening to the podcast about my other friend Lee. He's like, oh, my God, you're so mean. And I'm like, well, now I'll lose some more friends because, again, uh, my friends shouldn't be listening to this because I'm going to throw you under the bus if you're full of shit. And I'm really pissed about it. And then he, he, he texted me this weekend. He's like, what are you up to this weekend? I'm like, I, I can't even talk to you right now. I can't even talk to you right now. I'm so mad at you, and I can't believe you don't get it. You don't get why. That you invited me to a place where you went out the night before and might have caught COVID. 
and and I'm just so upset, knowing full well I was going to this college the next day. I, you know, it, it, it just was really making me uncomfortable and cool and not not cool. And uh, I was livid about it, but if, you know, then then it ruined my day. Obviously, I haven't gotten a call about. Oh, you should get yourself checked. Uh, this guy had COVID. I mean, I it's just I, I I don't understand how people don't. I don't know. You know, for me, I I don't care anymore. I am over COVID. I am over it. But I don't want to be spreading it around to other people either. I'm saying I'm over. I'm just going wherever I want to go. But I don't give it. But I've never been like, oh, I don't want to catch COVID. I mean, I was during COVID, but now we have to live our lives. But these guys are still like, oh, we're nervous about COVID. They're still doing it. And that's what's bothering me. That is what's bothering me. You know, you're all nervous about COVID, but you got no problems apparently uh, going to a club and then seeing me the next day. Uh, That's where the issue lies. And normally I wouldn't even care, but I was going, you know, to move my nephew into college the next day. I don't want to be the per- the reason why all these fucking kids get COVID. Meanwhile, I don't know. I still feel like uh, if you're 18, 19, you, your immune system is way high and you're in good shape. But that's just a Dave Juskow theory. That's not a proven thing of any kind. Meanwhile, I was having, you know, such a good day that day. And I was, I was, I was so upset about the next day. Meanwhile, then I, I started getting all these calls like, hey, did you get my package? Did you get my birthday package? Did you get my birthday package? And I'm like, I haven't gotten any packages because I don't recognize any of the guys working downstairs. I don't know any of the doormen. Usually when I come in, they say, Dave, you have a package today. Now, if somebody calls in that gives me a package for a birthday or something like that, and I don't know it's coming, I have no idea that there is a package. So they usually stop me and say, Dave, I got a package for you. I got two packages for you. But these guys don't know me because they're all on vacation. All the regular guys are on vacation. So there were all these packages down there. And finally, I had to go down there and be like, uh, apparently, I have some packages. And I felt bad. If people send gifts and you don't know about them. And then I, uh, Marina sent me something. And then my friend Barry sent me something, which was so delightful. This kid, Barry, is so nice. Uh, Barry Corbin. And you know sometimes he's on the, the Tuesday show with us. He's so sweet and and it's just like, uh, so I finally got the packages like on Wednesday and they were sent for my birthday. Um, but, you know, who knew? I don't, that, you know, so then when I came home that day, I'm like, the last thing I, because I guess I was a little loaded and I just, I didn't want to go, but I was like, I got to open them now because it's rude for people to send me birthday gifts and not open them. That's completely rude and disrespectful. But unfortunately, that's what happens when you live in Manhattan, I guess. I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like not having a doorman, which Marina doesn't have. So she gets her packages stolen all the time. And I'm not saying that because she lives in Harlem. Uh, <laughs> just her building. She's been complaining about it for a long time. But that's I've always said, have your packages delivered here. I'll bring them up to you. Or, or come up on your way home from the cellar or something and pick them up. That way uh, there won't be any issues. Especially if you're ordering something, you know. You definitely don't want to be stolen. My God, the same thing was happening in Rachel's apartment in Queens. It's so easy, I guess, for people to steal packages if you're just leaving them there. It's just not like the old days where you can do it. You can actually leave a package on somebody's doorstep and it might be there when you get home. What is happening? And that's what I was going to say about, you know, Kate, uh, this listener was, um, again, so kind. Uh, that she likes hearing the New York City stories. Well, the thing is, I like telling the New York City stories, but boy, is it getting dangerous here. There's two instances. Uh, re- now, normally when I'm watching the news, which I now watch, which I didn't used to watch, but for some reason I like watching it now, it's always been stories of 
murder and, and mayhem where I don't live. You know, in the Bronx, like I've told you before, somewhere in, in Brooklyn that nobody goes to. Uh, I'm like, well, you know, those have been happening there for years. But now it's all, you know, happening here. You know, it's a very it's become a very violent. Set. I mean, it's always been violent, but now it's in like the neighborhoods I walk through. There was a murder on right on Union Square at five in the morning by the House of Pancakes over there, which they built, which is always a problematic spot at late at night. But that's right near that halal place I always eat at five in the morning. And this lady got murdered execution style. So that's obviously not really an issue that they're going to find out. I'm sure it's her ex-wife. I guess they were lesbians or something. You know, they're going to find that that's that's unusual. But I'm like, oh, my God, I walk by there all the time at four or five in the morning. Yipes. But then somebody just got stabbed right by the wing place, Scruffy Duffy's on 10th Avenue and 50, like at a normal time. What, what, what time of the day was it here? Uh, 7.20, right when I'm usually at the wing place. Somebody got, he, he, he didn't die. He just got kind of slashed, was stabbed, I guess, yeah, and in a random attack, which has been happening all over the city. And, of course, the answer to all this is, uh, for some reason, these idiots are putting a, a gun-free uh, the, the, now Times Square is a gun-free location. You know, I tell you, it, it reminds me, it's right out of The American President, which you know I always talk about the movie, The American President, where Michael Douglas and the great Aaron Sorkin and his brilliant writing in this movie. It, it, it's just so funny that it keeps coming up. It's like this is a law that makes no sense. And he says in the movie, we need, I'm changing it. I'm making a, a crime bill that makes sense. Tomorrow morning... The White House is sending a bill to Congress for its consideration. It's White House Resolution 455, an energy bill requiring a 20% reduction of the emission of fossil fuels over the next 10 years. It is by far the most aggressive stride ever taken in the fight to reverse the effects of global warming. The other piece of legislation is the crime bill. As of today, it no longer exists. I'm throwing it out. I'm throwing it out and writing a law that makes sense. You cannot address crime prevention without getting rid of assault weapons and handguns. I consider them a threat to national security and I will go door to door if I have to, but I'm gonna convince Americans that I'm right and I'm gonna get the guns. This, a gun-free zone of time, well, terrific. You put the posters there all you want. How is that helping Anyone, while somebody's carrying their sidearm, they're going to be like, oh, this is a gun-free zone. Where should I put my gun while I walk through Times Square? I mean, this is just stupid. We, everywhere should be a gun-free zone. But I, and so now they're just putting posters up. It's a gun-free zone. And then, so, I mean, this is ridiculous. This is the stupidest. This is a law? Who's enforcing that law? Were the cops going to frisk people to see that they don't have laws in, in Times Square? How are you going to do that? It's just stupid. It's just a waste of everyone's time. That is not anything that's going to help anyone or gun control or laws or anything. But it's been getting really nerve, you know, really seedy in the city, which everybody knows. I talk about each week. I mean, still, it's still usually a fun place to hang out. But, you know, it's just been getting worse because, I mean, how many times I got to say it? You keep people locked up for two years, they're going to come out blasting. They're going to come out doing weird stuff. And can you even blame anybody? Everybody's freaked out. 
Nobody knows what's happening. This COVID, the, the new, they keep trying. Now the monkeypox. I mean, that they just can't wait to keep giving you vaccines. I mean, I was into it at first, and now I'm like, you know, maybe the people that are making fun of vaccines, maybe they, maybe they're into, maybe they got something in their head that, that that's correct. I mean, they just want to keep giving out vaccines for stuff. I mean, of course, if you, I, I don't know if you're really afraid of monkeypox. I, I don't, I don't know what's happening, but it does seem there is something to it that seems like we didn't need any of these vaccines before. What is happening? What is happening? That's why it's very important. We got to send that uh, rocket ship up to, up to the moon because that's important. You got to see what's happening over on the moon over there. There's obviously something happening in the moon that's changing the world's complexity. Maybe it's like Space 1999. If I remember correctly, the premise of the TV show from the 70s, Space 1999, with Martin Landau and Barbara Bain, was that the moon was... Uh, off of its, uh, sh- like it was floating away or something from the Earth's atmosphere, and they were put on the moon to try and stop it, figure out how to stop it. I think that's what it was about. Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe they're putting a space station on the moon so we can stop whatever happened. Or th- there must have been a shift in the moon's access starting in 2001 that made everything, that made everybody crazy. It, it-, it would explain the, the weather I suppose, even though we, we know that's a, a a human thing. I don't know. Maybe all the answers are on, huh? Get ready where that spaceship is going. The dark side of the moon. Anyway, I went to Montclair State University on Thursday, and the worst part was I had to wake up earlier that day than I had to go for work because Beth needed everybody that you better get there at 8.15. And I, I was gonna, I was like, I'm just going to take the train there because uh, I don't think you couldn't bring two cars in. That's what it was. So I was like, well, I'll take the train. And I had to actually wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning instead of 5.30. I couldn't believe on my day off I had to wake up earlier than when I usually wake up. And my brother-in-law was brilliant. He's like, oh, I got a meeting in LA that day, so I won't be able to make it. I'm like, all right, I'll go. Besides, I figure, you know, since I'm teaching there, uh, being a professor, maybe I can help uh, what's happening over here. So so I went there. Uh, I took, what did I take? Uh, a 650 train that got me there like around 740, 750. And the train goes right to the campus. And then I just walked to where we were, and I was waiting. And then you know we we got it. And 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 I was so angry. I was sitting on this bench, and nobody was there. And there were two or three cars before my sister, who wanted to be the first one there. And I'm like, uh, you better hurry. It's piling up. She was like the fourth car, and then we had to put our stuff on like a, a pile of dirt so she could move the car and then put it in. But we bought everything up, and we did good. We took some pictures. And I, so I was really thirsty after a while because, you know, I drank the night before and everything. And But, you know, everything was cool and we got all the stuff in. I only annoyed Beth, I think, twice. And then we just kind of took a walk around the campus, which is beautiful because it's got, you know, it's, it's on this hill. It's got this beautiful view of New York City. Like the gym 
in one of the places that's this beautiful view of the skyline of New York City. It's really unbelievable. You know, there are a couple times that are like, uh, oh, well, you can't go in until I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to stop you right there. I actually happen to be a professor at this school. Like, You are? And I'm like, well, not um, you know, yet, but in several months, you're not going to be. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, it was really every time I was like, you know, as a professor here, I don't mind telling you, you know, it was big laughs every time. Um, so we, we, we moved him in. His roommate wasn't there yet, and it just felt bad. Like, there was nobody on the floor or whatever, and, you know, you, you hate leaving a kid where, you know, he's just sitting there alone, uh, and then and that song is playing. Oh, what a lonely boy. Oh, what a lonely boy. So we were walking around, and, and Beth was, oh, God, she was so annoying. She's like, hey, we want, like, I guess because she's paying the money, she's just, like, so mean to everybody. She's like, hey. Hey, how about giving us a little help here? What do we? What do you got here? Can we go on a tour? She was like yelling at everybody. I don't know. She was really. Uh, she told me that the other schools she had moved into, they had a lot of help and things were better organized, and this wasn't that great. And I guess when you're paying all that money, you do feel that way. So obviously, I had no feelings toward that. It doesn't cost me anything. I'll be making money at that school. But uh, yeah, so I guess she was just in one of those Beth Casper moves, which is terrifying. And, uh, you know, was getting service done. And can you blame her in many ways? But, you know, we were just going around, checking out things that are happening and stuff like that. And it was pretty cool. But, like, he, you know, he didn't have any friends. We found out later that he just went outside. Thank God. He goes, hey, uh, where are you guys going? I'm looking to make new friends. <laughs> and they're like, come with us. And then everything was fine. So what we did feel about. So then uh, after we packed up, we went out to, like, a diner and... It, it, oh, so that's right. I was just looking. I just wanted to get. They had a, a vending machine. I was just like, let me just get an iced tea. I just want to get an iced tea. That's all. I'm very thirsty. I really want an iced tea. And the machine wasn't working. It wouldn't take my credit card. Now I know it would take Beth's credit card, but she would not buy me an iced tea. I don't know why. She just didn't. She didn't want me to have that iced tea out of the vending machine. And that's all I wanted was just one iced tea out of the vending machine. I tried three vending machines. And they just don't take my card. My card stinks. It doesn't work anywhere. It's so funny when people grab it and they try and like use the chip. And I'm like, oh, please. This is Citibank. And they're the worst. They're, they're just not updated. And believe me, I would change banks already. But it, you know what a pain in the ass it is to change banks and all your stuff you have going on that goes through your bank. It's just a real pain in the ass. Citibank stinks. So that's all. So I was so thirsty so when we got to this diner, which was a cute little diner with a nice waitress, I just I think I ordered like a, a Coke. I really wanted an iced tea, but I think I ordered a Coke right away because they had fountain soda, so it was difficult to not pass up. And I drank like that whole thing really fast, and it kind of ruined my appetite. But they had the happy wait. So everything about that place, that diner was wrong. Like there was always just one thing that wasn't right, and it was a bummer because, you know, I was really excited to be at a diner in Jersey, you know, my favorite thing. I ordered the Coke with lemon, but it tastes like a Diet Coke. But then I, you know, I can't tell the difference. It, it, the first one was all right. I ordered the Happy Waitress, you know, my favorite meal, which is an open-faced grilled cheese sandwich. And I think they put it on rye bread. It was disgusting. So I hated that. And then me and Billy ordered this thing called Texas fries because on the menu, they looked unbelievable. And they were unbelievable. As a cheese and jalapeno, we both ordered our own order. Instead of getting the regular fries for our both, we had grilled cheeses, we ordered 
can we get the Texas fries, you know, instead? And she's like, sure. But again, she should have told us they were big enough to share. But that doesn't matter either. So we got the same thing. But for some reason, they put barbecue sauce on it. And it was gross. And that barbecue sauce and cheese doesn't work. Sometimes I guess it could work on a burger, but it definitely didn't work in this. So Billy didn't. I mean, this is a growing boy who eats, you know, this kind of stuff well, the way I do. And he didn't even finish the fries because the barbecue sauce was ruining everything. The first bite was perfect. And then after that, the barbecue sauce just wasn't right. So it wasn't that great. But he had a really good chocolate shake or whatever it was, an Oreo shake or something that actually came out beautiful. I have a picture. I mean, it was stu- that's what they did right. Apparently, they were known for that. So that was pretty good. But rye bread on uh, grilled cheese, I don't know what this place is thinking. I got to get that place under control. If we go back there again, because I go back and I take Billy out there again, because I do like the diner itself, I got to be very specific. I got to bring my glasses when I see the menu, and I got to make sure that I read the menu fully to see, because maybe it said it comes with rye bread. It might have said that. I don't know. But we were very upset. And then I'm like, can I get a cup of coffee to go? And they give me a cup of coffee with no, with a lid, but with no, with no lid at first. I said to go. They give me just a cup of coffee with no lid. I'm like, do you have a lid? But they didn't have like a, it was like a cup. Oh, no, no, no. It was, no, it was a cup. It was a lid, but with no way to drink out of it. You know, I had to keep opening the lid to sip the coffee in the car. It was awful. So I guess this diner kind of sucks, but it didn't suck. Like, you know me, I'd be complaining, except like I said, the waitress was kind of pretty and really nice and there by herself. So we were in awe of her uh, waitressing skills. Uh, She forgot the napkins again, but I let it go. And I'm like, and can I just get the napkins? Oh, right, right, right. Every fucking time. I don't know why. It's no big deal. But I don't, I'm not giving a thumbs down to the diner it's 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 my fault all these things were my fault maybe it said it had barbecue sauce maybe it said it had rye bread so i'm giving a pass to this diner whatever the hell it was called that is somewhere near montclair state university where of course i will be teaching god i really hope i i mean i know i'm supposed to and i'm getting all the stuff so i gotta get uh you know my transcript he had two uh recommendations or something like you know letters of recommendation uh from who i don't know and um this other thing, because I don't have my master's, uh, this guy's like, well, we can, you know, set that up because, you know, I guess a lot of people that they want teaching there don't have their master's. It's so funny. I I guess I should have gone for my master's because I wanted to be a teacher, you know, early on. But I was like, I, no more schooling for me. I am done. School's not good for me. I'm not a good student. I don't like school. I mean, going for my master's would have been the worst the last i mean there are some people that love going to more school that was not for me so i didn't uh there was no way i was going to do that wouldn't it be funny if i had to go back now just so that way maybe i can get more money teaching but is that is that where it leads is that it for dave Juskow? you know i mean i haven't been doing any stand-up comedy and i don't want it to be over over i don't really mind but i'm definitely taking like i guess a break until I can figure out this schedule, which is just, I, maybe I'm just not even used to working five days a week anymore. I keep forgetting I work five days a week, technically, even though I work on the weekends now. I don't know. I'm so confused by it. My sister says, can you come over the house uh, Labor Day weekend? Because we have to catch it because they're empty nesters now. 
and they forgot about that. And I'm like, I can't. I got to work and and edit my podcast. I, I don't know how to do that. And then and then of course I was up all night uh, the other day because I'm like, wait, if I get my laptop, can I make that a monitor with my stuff? I mean, I now I got to figure all this stuff when I do travel that I can work from somewhere else. I think I'm going to have to bring two laptops with me when I travel because really just one laptop, I don't think I can work without two screens anymore. I don't think anybody can anymore, right? And I set up that big desk. My apartment's disgusting. The cleaning lady hasn't been in in three weeks, maybe more. I I built that big desk. It's not 55 inches. It's 72 inches. I didn't realize. So, But it looks great. Uh, I don't like the keyboard tray. The mouse keeps sliding over. I think it's affecting my wrist, but it, it really looks terrific. But now the screens are so far away, but they're up high too. I, I, I think it solves the problem. I don't know. I definitely needed a bigger desk. So I have this now. And now I'm going to try and get something where I can podcast out of it. Uh, speaking of which, the Tuesday show uh, coming up tonight. Um, we're going to have guests every week again now that it's football season. Uh, my first guest uh, that we're taping from home will be Nick Griffin, who we love. We'll be making the football picks. Uh, my next guest will be back in studio, Dino Stamatopoulos, everybody. Dino Stamatopoulos, who is uh, terrific. I've known him for years. I was telling him he came to my birthday, so I invited him on. He's thinking about writing a book about all the shows he's worked on. Wait till you hear all these shows that he's worked on. They're amazing. Mr. Show, The Ben Stiller Show. Uh, moral oral all this kind of the tv funhouse so he's going to be i'm hoping a really terrific guest that i would like to have on multiple times and and then we'll we'll be in studio for the next uh two weeks including uh the day of rosh hashanah and tell you this about rosh hashanah this year it's on sunday night monday tuesday right so the new york giants i've always told you this the new york giants and we'll be talking about this on the tuesday show the new york giants the new york jets have always been very good, but every once in a while there's an issue. I suppose the Jets fucked up a couple of years ago. They've always been very good about making sure they're like, you know, telling the NFL, listen, you know, this is when Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is. We have a lot of Jewish fans, so don't schedule games on those days. Well, they scheduled a Monday night football game uh, at the end of September on Rosh Hashanah Eve. Now, granted, it is after sundown. But if you're Orthodox, Rosh Hashanah continues until Tuesday. So somebody like Elon would not be able to attend. Yeah, and he's just regular. You know, it's not, we're not talking about Hasidic or anything. I mean, we I used to be a two-day family ourselves, so I wouldn't have been able to go on that day. But I put a stop to that when I found out why we were celebrating for two days, and I think I've told you this before. And the reason is because apparently the Hebrews uh, don't know which is the proper day to celebrate on, and I said, well, that does that you can go fuck yourselves. I'm doing it one day. I'm assuming this is the day, and I'm good to go. So now, but this year, we've decided, or Beth has decided for as the matriarch of the family now, that she's we're having dinner and they get together on Monday night, not Sunday night. Monday night was more convenient for Billy, Dory, and Liza to all come back home. So it all goes by that. At this point, you know, what's the most convenient date for everybody? So we're celebrating Billy's birthday, which is on the 13th, where we usually go to Pizza Hut on Sunday night and then having Rosh Hashanah on Monday night. And there's a game that I love going to. The early Monday night football game is perfect for me because I can't go to tailgates on Sundays. 
but I could totally go early in the season on a Monday night. It's a Giants-Cowboys game, too. It's really rude of the Giants. And Lenny Marcus was telling me, who now works for the NFL. He used to work for the New York Giants. Now he works for the NFL. He was telling me that he, uh, the, the Maras, who own the team, are really pissed at the NFL for doing this, especially putting such a marquee matchup on Rosh Hashanah. It's very anti-Semitic and very rude uh, to do to your Hebrew fans, of which you just don't think there are any. But the fact of the matter is when you're doing the Rangers and the Knicks and uh, the Giants, you have to take that into consideration. Uh, you know, you, when you raise the banner after you win a championship on a Friday night, you are uh, unfortunately out putting out your, you know, uh, what do you say, 40% of your fan base? that are actually religious and, um, you know, but love sports. They, they might be orthodox, but again, they're not the Hasidic. Uh, they still treat their women like shit. But, um, you know, you, you're, uh, you're not making it easy for everybody. And it seems like an easy thing if it's just, it's just, it's just a couple of teams. I, I don't think Los Angeles cares about that. It just seems to be a couple of New York teams. Obviously, in Cleveland, they don't give a shit or anywhere else. In, in Atlanta, nobody cares. There's two teams you're asking for special compensation uh, two times out of the year. Listen, don't schedule games here in New York. You can schedule them somewhere else. Just don't do it. And they did it. And it's really. But meanwhile, again, we've talked about this. I don't even know how they do. I mean, now I guess it's all computering. I heard there's a documentary of these two people that used to schedule not just the NFL, but the MLB and stuff like all on paper. Can you imagine what is it, 30 teams, and all of them have special requests. Oh, we have a concert here this night. We got this there last night. Our city does this on this night. I mean, I can't even imagine how things get scheduled in the first place where they work so efficiently. It is a miracle in itself, and I guess they just, I guess their last thing is just going like, fuck those Jewish holidays. So, But it's kind of a bummer. Meanwhile, Lee and I aren't talking, so I guess I wouldn't be able to go anyway. I mean, I guess I could go and we could just make up for that day, but um, now I can't go anyway, and I love going to that Monday night game. It's perfect for me. I could totally go right after work and and tailgate and have a great time and beautiful weather at the end of September, uh, but unfortunately, it's not going to work out because it's a, it's a holiday, so what are you going to do? And speaking of beautiful evenings, uh, last Monday when I went out drinking, you know, I'm drinking every Monday and starting, especially, you know, uh, next Monday is the big you know, big Monday, um, this Monday coming up, rather, what I'm saying, you know, this is the start of the wing season, and I won't be able to do it in three weeks, so I got to get it in, you know. I go to the bar, and then, you know, my, my things have changed. I'm going to stop at the bar. Then I'm going to go for wings, hopefully get somebody to join me every week. I hope I can. But I might go by myself anyway. I don't know. Who? We'll see. We'll see. But what I've been doing now, I go to the bar, and then I stop at the cellar to see uh, outside Steve. And then, you know, then all my friends are there, so I end up staying. And this time we were just sitting outside, uh, me and Rachel. It's the only time I get to see Rachel. Uh, we hung out with Ian Fidance and Louis Katz, who I never get to see. They all open for a tell all the time. So it was great sitting with those guys and just, you know, having a drink or two. And I'm, I'm talking about like I had an iced coffee because I was getting a headache from just the two drinks and the two shots I did at the bar. And the only reason I did a second shot is because uh, it was on the house. What are you going to do? I usually like to have two beers and a shot, and then I'd probably be good to go over to the wing place. But sometimes I do the second drink. But I was having a headache because I was clearly dehydrated from the walkover 
and that bled into Tuesday and then being outside and then taking the bike. You know, I've been taking the bike to work and home. So, I don't, you know, I'm just not drinking enough water. I mean, I'm really trying. When I go to work, I immediately have a cup of water. And before I leave, I have a cup of water. But I guess, and I have a cup of water before I leave my house and a cup of water when I have to come home. So that's technically, what is it, a 16 ounce glass? So that's whatever, 64 ounces of water a day. But I, it's not enough in this kind of heat, I guess. And at my advanced age, dehydration's a very serious thing. I don't mind telling you. <laughs> but it was a lovely evening, but still, you know, but it was a hot, when I was walking, it was hot. And I came in all sweaty, even not carrying my backpack. You know, I just wasn't making out. I had a glass of water at the bar first. She always gives me a glass of water. The beautiful Lindsay gave me a glass of water first. She's like, maybe you better drink this first. It's great. And last time, I remember, I, I had stomach it. Oh, my God. I, I'd been, not stomach it, just, you know, my, <laughs> I know, you know, we, we love talking about diarrhea on the show. I mean, that's me and Sarah's favorite topic. Um, but because of the way I've been eating at this place, I, I don't know what's happening and I can't leave that place without feeling bad. So that might have been a problem <laughs> that I kind of got sick, but I had the ginger ale with bitters and, uh, you know, that always helps. And I, I don't know what is happening with. Well, I, I know exactly what's happening. I'm having breakfast. I'm not used to having breakfast. And that's the issue. So now on Mondays, it'll be interesting because I cannot have breakfast and lunch and then have wings. I've got to stick to the oatmeal, but they have a make-your-own-omelet station. I mean, come on. I'm only human. It's all sitting there, and it looks beautiful because it's like red and green and yellow and all these beautiful colors and onions. And, and I'm like, well, all right, I'll have a make-your-own-omelet. You son of a bitch. He's like, what do you want? In? Everything. <laughs> Everything, Bruno. That's the guy's name. And I'll be like, I just want oatmeal today. You don't want an omelet and a croissant? No, Bruno, bad Bruno. <laughs> he's baiting me. I know it. And he doesn't, you know, and he's got to make the omelet. I mean, it's a pain in the ass. And yet he just wants everybody. You know, and he's like, can you tell me how it is? Oh, that's with the eggs Benedict last time. He's like, tell me how it is. I'm like, it was goddamn delicious. All right. Are you happy? It was delicious. On Mondays, I only want oatmeal. Unless oatmeal's giving me the diarrhea. I don't know. I don't think so. Oatmeal's good for you. It's good for your heart, right? I think. I'm going to plan on oatmeal on Mondays and then lunch. No. Yes. And then a salad for lunch. But the problem is, what if they have something ridiculously delicious? This is very difficult. You guys have no idea how to. You know, I don't know. And then I'm going to. Oh. What am I going to. What a conundrum. Boy, I live a life, huh? I live. Oh, what a complicated life I lead. Isn't it fascinating? You know, I think I'm already getting my change of the season, uh, you know, allergies or something already. I mean, it's only, you know, what is it, September 2nd already. I'm already getting the weather change. It was, it was kind of chilly outside when I went for coffee, and that was like at 1230 in the afternoon. But I'm grateful because I'm sick of the heat. I am so done with summer. I've been talking to my friend Lars. She's like, I'm so done with it. I am so excited about the change of seasons because she's from, you know, Los Angeles so I hear you, kid. I get it. I'm with you, too. I can't take it anymore. That's the thing. I was about to walk home that, what, that Tuesday. I guess Tuesday, right, I got my hair cut, and I was about to walk home on Tuesday, and I'm like, forget it. I got to take the bike. I can't, I can't do this heat and walking anymore. I can't. I'm done. I thought I could handle it. I thought it would be a good way to lose weight even, but, but I'm not dressed in proper clothing 
to do it. So I gave up. Dehydration. That's the whole, that's the key to today's podcast. Uh, just a couple more things I want to go since, uh, you know, I can't wait to talk about TV next week, uh, probably. But I want to tell you this thing I was watching on Sunday and I was watching MASH, you know. I, I like the older ones better. Uh, when I eat, I like I'll watch it or something. I like the older ones with Trapper John and, you know, uh, Frank. Uh, but I was watching, I don't know, whatever, what, which was on. And it was a, an episode from 1977, and it was called War of Nerves. I don't remember what the premise was. Oh, I guess it was uh, something stupid. All those later ones are pretty bad. I mean, but they're still good, and I still remember them really well. So the camp is going crazy or something, and they try to build this big bonfire. And they think, oh, that's right. Sydney was in it, the psychiatrist or whatever. Anyway, the point of the story is, this is the most fascinating thing. There's one of these characters that's just playing, uh, he's like a, a one-off character, and they're putting this, they're burning a bunch of clothes, I think, that have lice in them, and then they end up putting all this stuff, and they just build this huge bonfire by accident. And one of the guys is saying, and, he's, and he goes, you know, if we put this on it, it'd make a pretty nice fire. And I'm like, wait a minute, I know that voice from somewhere. I couldn't tell who it was, but I knew the voice. It turns out it's Peter Riegert who, of course, plays Boone in Animal House. I was like, I recognize that voice right away. And then I'm like, wait, that can't be right. And then I'm like, well, of course it can be right. Right, 1977, Animal House 78. The film in 1977 makes sense that he would be this exact age and perfect. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense because I'm, I'm, then I looked it up, you know, right away. I couldn't I couldn't wait for the uh, credits to come. I had to look it up immediately. Wait, wait, could that be Peter Rieger? His voice was unmistakable because he was also kind of playing the Boone character. Hey, you know what would make this special? Not like Damone, but, uh, well, that was fun. Wait, what, what does he say after this double secret probation? Because you clowns have been on double secret probation since the beginning of this semester. Double secret probation? And that means one more slip up, one more mistake, and this fraternity of yours has had it at favor. Well, that was pleasant. Nice of him to stop by, don't you think? We've got to do something. He's serious this time. I think he knows about the exams. He's right. You're right. We got to do something. Absolutely. You know what we got to do? Toga, Toga party. party. But I could picture his voice, you know, in Animals, and I don't know why that guy didn't do much better stuff afterwards. He was uh, an interesting actor, and he had a really good voice, and he just don't think about it until I saw this match episode. So then one of the wounded was Danny Noonan. Or I think, was it Michael O'Keefe? I think his name is Danny Noonan from Caddyshack. The judge would like to see a caddy named Danny Noonan as soon as he comes in. I'm Danny Noonan. Would you come with me, please? They're both in the same episode. In 77, two kids that are going to become legends of comedy within three years are both in this one mash episode that's where my mind went i'm like oh my god danny noonan from caddyshack and boone from animal house are both in the same episode and they're going to be in two of the greatest comedies of modern era in in just a well one's going to be in it in a year and the other one's going to be in it in three years that's the, the face of modern comedy in one episode of MASH in 1977. Do you love it or do you not love it? 
I don't know. Only Dave Jeskow and Jeskow of the City can bring that to you because I'm the only one who cares. And then, finally, I went to my uh, mother's house yesterday, and she's got a huge, I told you, I think she's got a huge, she had a huge wasp nest, but there's a bunch of wasps hanging out. They, they must be hanging out at all the old people's. They want to get the, the, the last blood they have left with us mosquitoes, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, they're all there, so I, I, I go, and I'm going to bring a can of spray because I still see them hanging around even they were kind enough to get rid of the nest. But I still see them hanging around. I'm like, Rhoda, I'm going to bring a spray. And I was like, I'll go to the Home Depot. And they closed Route 9. Route 9 is the only way to get to my mother's. They closed it. I was like, sitting in traffic. There's nothing worse than sitting in traffic when you're trying to get there or the way back. It just sucks. And I was. they just closed the whole route for no reason, construction of some sort. And I'm like, this sucks. But I found a Lowe's on the way. Nobody likes Lowe's. Home Depot's the shit. And I found a Lowe's, and I got wasp and hornet brain. I wasn't sure what they were, but I, I didn't know they had both. So I, was, I, so I thought I needed to find it out, but then it looks like wasps and hornets are the same. So I got one can of spray and I was sitting at this Lowe's and I'm like, I don't know what to get. And I asked this person, what's the best spray? And they're like, I don't know. And I looked it up online. I'm like, can you tell me what the best spray is? So I just got Raid because the other ones I'd never heard of before. And I'm like, I'll just get Raid, wasp and hornet spray. And also, and I took a picture I walk into Lowe's. Mind you, it is September 1. September 1. And they had, as soon as you walk in, right to the right on this Lowe's in New Jersey, all decked out for Halloween two months later. Halloween. They had all the Halloween decorations and candy on September 1st in Lowe's. Now, I took a picture because it looks fantastic. And then when I got to think about it more, I got angry at first for no reason. You know, who, who the fuck gives a shit? But then I'm like, that's fucking brilliant. Why not make anybody like, you know, those pop-up Halloween stores, which are so brilliant. That's so brilliant of Lowe's. Yeah, let's make it. Let's make us a Halloween store as well. Why not take a section and just make a huge Halloween stuff? Because it'll be it's brilliant. You can't lose if you say to everybody, we're a huge Halloween store. Especially if you set it up September 1st, the word will get out. You know where we should go? Lowe's. They have, uh, you know, it's really easy to shop there. It's not crowded. They have all the stuff. They have everything we need. Let me tell you something, Jeff. Fucking brilliant. (laughs) I love forward thinking like that. That is really smart, even though it also sounds stupid at the same time until you get home and think about it. Damn it. That was a good idea. And it's a beautiful thing. It's just like September 1st. It, it mean, meaning it must have also been there on August 31st. There's no way that section just appeared that way on September 1st, which means it was there in August for Halloween. Probably late August, I'm saying, but that's... You know, they were saying on the news that people are already starting with Christmas stuff because people can't wait. You know, September 1st, you just, I mean, let's face it. This is what they keep saying. It's the best time of the year. Halloween, Christmas, Thanksgiving, it's beautiful. And it all goes so fast. We talk about this every year. I mean, today's September 6th, and it's going to be December. It's going to be fucking Thanksgiving before you know it. The fall goes so fast because it's so much fun and beautiful. 
but here's the the last thing I wanted to. Oh, but just uh, saying, I bought so I bought can of spray. Well, I needed multiple can of spray. I awoke them, and it was terrifying out there. I I used an entire can of spray, and I needed three more cans, and they wouldn't stop flying around. They were angry, and I and I almost bumped into my mother a hundred times because she was staring at the door. I'm like, I got to let me back in. I was like, close this door. No matter no matter what you do. No matter how you hear me screaming from outside, do not open this door. Do not open this door. I do not want anything to fly in by accident. So no matter how much you hear me scream and say, let me in, do not let me in this door. (laughs) 30 seconds. Let me in. You told me not to let me in. No matter what you hear in there, no matter how cruelly I beg you, no matter how terribly I may scream, do not open this door or you will undo everything I've worked for. Do you understand? Do not open this door. Yes, doctor. Get me out. Let me out of here. Get me the hell out of here. What's the matter with you people? I was joking. Don't you know a joke when you hear one? <laughs> It was classic. Uh, I think I, I, I think I broke the screen door and knocked her down. <laughs> I was like, something. They all came at me. Uh, they definitely know what's going on over there. They were angry, but, but they really said they killed them on contact, and they were just dropping from the ceiling. It was really, uh, it was actually kind of, uh, I don't know what the, the word is. It was soothing, not soothing, but you know, it was a. Uh, it, it felt good. It was like, wow, it really worked. But there were so many of them that I had to, you know, I was waiting for the wasp to dissipate so I could just uh, take a broom and, you know, shove them off the the walkway. They're all, you know, it's crazy. But now I need more. And I told them and I'm like, you guys got to come up here and do some serious spraying. I mean, this is really messed up. So I got to bring like four cans of spray. It is fun to spray. And for some reason, I feel a little bad. Ever since I've had a cat, I feel bad for killing all insects and animals. I, I don't I don't I don't know why. And once you have a cat, once you have a pet, I guess you think about things different way. Um, I feel bad when I take a shoe and hit a cockroach. And also from the movie uh, Men in Black, when they're about to step on a cockroach, he goes, oh, most kind of you. Thank you. So then I always think about that. But um, I kill them anyway, because cockroaches are terrifying and horrible. Uh, Here's the last thing I wanted to tell you. No, I'll tell you next week. Well, all right. Here's the last thing I wanted to tell you. I'm going to tell you. My friend, my college roommate, I don't think I told you this. My, when I did Sarah's show uh, or the talk back, if you remember, I was, when my picture was on uh, Broadway.com or something talking about that I was going to be having this event or moderating this event, next door to it was the Trading Places, the musical. Yeah. Trading Places, the musical. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what is this? Where can I see this? And uh, I realized it was in Georgia. And I'm like, boy, that's... I, when is it coming here? You know, I, obviously I got to see that. I got to report about this. And that's not a bad idea for a musical. That seems like a fun plan. I guess a, a couple of weeks ago, my old college roommate called me, Andy, who's now a lawyer in Philadelphia. And he calls me, he goes, Merv, because that was my name in college, Merv. I named myself that. He goes, Merv, next week will be our 40th anniversary of the day we met. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. 
Anyway, we got to talking. We hadn't talked in a while, and it, he's really funny. And he told me he invested in Trading Places, the musical, that they, their high school friend asked a couple of high school friends, hey, do you guys want to do this? I can't guarantee you're going to make any money, but it should be a fun ride. So he invested. So he's seen Trading Places, the musical, and he told me in a brilliant stroke of casting, which some of us might be upset about, but I, I think we're all in agreement that this is working, that the casting of the Jamie Lee Curtis part, the prostitute, is a trans is a trans person. And I'm like, that's brilliant. I don't know. I guess because of what we know of Jamie Lee Curtis, that she's a, what is it called, a hermaphrodite or something. So I'm like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Nobody will have a problem with that. That's hilarious. And he said, my roommate said, it was hilarious. And he said the musical's great, and they're trying to go to Broadway. And it's just so funny that he is invested in this musical. I already saw it. Like, in the sense of a scene, I'm like, oh, when's this coming? This looks amazing. I hope it works out. Obviously, I want to see it, but obviously now I'll get to see it. So if it ever goes somewhere else before Broadway, hopefully, you know, he'll let me know when it's playing, and I'll get to see it. I'll get to report back. It sounds like a great idea and a lot of fun, right? So I'm kind of looking forward to it. I can't believe he's invested in a Broadway play. It's so funny. He's such an interesting guy, and he's so funny. And yeah, 40 years ago, my God, so old. But that's the way it all works. Am I right, folks? Uh, Looking good, Billy Ray. Feeling good, Lewis. And it was just funny that he told me that after I sent my nephew to school and then he's with this guy, you know, they have a roommate, but he's like, I don't know about this guy, but I guess I got lucky that, we, you know, we liked each other very much and kept in touch all these years. Nowadays, it's different. They, I, I, I guess it's not the same. It's not, you know, I remember, you know, Billy already saw pictures of his roommate already. He's already spoke to him already. You know, you see people with pictures online and stuff. Back then, you were just blind you know we didn't know if each other were black or whatever we were or or chinese or whatever you know well pretty much by the last name you'd know that but yeah it just uh it was a, it was a crapshoot <laughs> and uh it's so funny this day and age you can you know see people on social media see what they're up to see what they like or dislike or i mean obviously we could talk on the phone but you know now you can do a video chat and be like hey what's with this guy or whatever and you hope for the best maybe still hope for the best but what are you going to do? Anyway, folks, I had such a wonderful time talking to you today. Uh, it's great to be back. And don't forget, the Tuesday show is going to be super fun, even though we're doing it at home this week, tonight. Then we'll be back in the studio for the next three weeks. And then we go back. So it goes back and forth. Whatever Mike's in town, then we go to the studio. It's perfect. It's a perfect mix. It's going to be beautiful. So welcome to the fall, everybody. Welcome back to Just Carol in the City. Don't forget, if you love this show, if you want to see the photos, then subscribe to my Patreon page. It's always a good time. Unless you're a friend of mine or a relative, then you don't want to listen to this show. That's the only thing I tell you. Other than that, I will dish the dirt, and I will tell it like it is. That's the one thing you can count on with Dave Jeskow and Jeskow in the City. We'll see everybody next time. Good night, everybody.